Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, or as I like to call it, diversity, inclusion, and equity, because the acronym spells die, (laughs) has not been about diversity, inclusion, or equity. It has actually been about quite the opposite. It has been about sameness and elitism and exclusion. Now some are finally starting to see the truth, and it's a painful truth. From Ricky Schlott, who writes for the New York Post, says this, I'm passionate about elevating multiple perspectives and creating spaces where you can do just that. This is a quote from Dr. Uh, Tabia Lee, who told the Post that and that it, that's literally why I was harassed and bullied out of my position. Hmm. Since becoming the facility director of the Office of Equity, Social Justice, and Education at De Anza College in August of 2021, Lee said that she endured nonstop hostility on campus. Now she claims she's out of a job after colleagues retaliated against her for questioning certain diversity, equity, and inclusion policies at the Cupertino, California School. Now, her vision of diversity and inclusion, it seems, was a wrong one. (laughs) She says, quote, I'm trying to create safe spaces for everyone, she said. But some people wanted me to create spaces that were just safe for them. And that's not my mission as an educator. That's not what I'm here to do. Now, after years of working as a middle school teacher and an adjunct professor and founding a network to help minority teachers attain national board certification, Lee was excited to get a tenure-track position at De Anza, where her job includes designing workshops to promote inclusion. Quote, I researched them, and I thought we had similar values around diversity, equity, and anti-racism, she said. I was selected, and I was like, wow, this is a dream come true. But she quickly woke up to a rude reality. Lee said other college employees unleashed, quote, daily endless harassment right from the start when she tried to help streamline staff communications by creating a, a Google Doc uh, system. And she, uh, she said that she, accused, uh, she was accused by a colleague of white-splaining, which is a term used to describe when white people patronize uh, and explain things to people of color and uh, of, of uh, supporting white supremacy. Quote, I'm a black woman, <laughs> and they're telling me that I'm white-splaining, Lee recalls. Everyone acted like I had injured my colleagues in, instead of being uh, the, the other way around because I didn't confess to my white supremacy or whatever. It happened again when she raised questions about an official school communication uh, capitalized uh, black, but it didn't capitalize white. 
and citing the recommendation of the National Association of Black Journalists, she, she suggested all racial groups be capitalized. Quote, for that, I was accused of being a white supremacist, she said. These constant accusations of calling people racist and calling them a white supremacist or saying that they're aligned with right wingers, that's just ridiculous. It's very damaging. And she also got blowback for questioning whether the school's land acknowledgement, <laughs> yes, as I said, land acknowledgement, which is a declaration of solidarity with the indigenous people who lay claim to the land the, the college was built on, and they acknowledged the wrong tribe in her case here. <laughs> so she she's a she's a proponent of land acknowledgement, she says, but was frustrated by the alleged inaccuracy when. She's, she suggested the school pause the acknowledgments, which are typically recited at the beginning of classes and meetings and Zoom calls until they, they, they fix the issue. She felt her concerns were brushed off. Quote, to me, that signals it doesn't really matter, she said. We're doing land acknowledgments to signal our alignment with critical social justice ideology, and not to really make a, any real changes. It's a performative, almost pseudo-religious exercise. See, the truth hurts. <laughs> and after Jewish students and faculty members alike told her they'd experience anti-Semitism on campus, Lee asked for help organizing to a summit to address the issue. Instead, Co-workers told her the event wasn't important and that Jewish people were white oppressors. <laughs> Lee only made more enemies when she declined an invitation to join a informal on-campus socialist network. Quote, I do not identify as a liberal or a conservative or a Republican or a Democrat or a libertarian or a socialist or a communist or a feminist. This is what she told the Post. I don't identify with any of those labels. So I just had no interest in being a part of that. The problem was I was going inside the little socialist network bubble of third wave anti-racists. And they literally shunned me and would not work with me, she said. <laughs> when it came time to review her uh, for tenure, she was denied on the basis of an inability to demonstrate corporate uh, cooperation in working with colleagues and staff and an unwillingness to accept constructive criticism. Lee says the accusations are actually just bald-faced lies and, and can't help but feel the reason that she was denied tenure was because of her diligent opinions. Now, regardless, as of June 15th, she's out of a job. She said, I had to be eliminated by any means necessary. You see, for a diversity, equity, inclusion professional who truly believes in the importance of her craft, the experience has been, well, disillusioning. <laughs> Quote, bringing people together to explore and talk about different ideologies was deemed unacceptable and not welcome. Her mission, Lee said, is is uh, is is surfacing um, 
different perspectives that we have. Because once we're clear and understand each other, then we can identify points of commonality. The whole point is multiple perspectives. Quote, some people are trying to do it in an inclusive way. Actually, being inclusive is what she said of of higher education DEI practices. And those people are targeted for elimination and neutralization by people who are working from extreme ideologies. When asked about legal action, Lee said, I haven't ruled it out yet. And Paula Norsell, uh, the um, the, uh, ANZA's coordinator of communications, told the Post that that facility members have uh, comprehensive due process <laughs> and ample rights both under the law and and negotiated through their uh, bargaining unit. So, so here's the deal. This woman made a very big mistake when she took this job in, in the first place. She assumed that diversity, inclusion, and equity meant making all things fair for everyone. That was a huge mistake, thinking that she understood the meaning of those terms. So what I I think we ought to do today and, and, and do here is, is look at what the terms mean to, to these liberals so we don't make the same mistakes as she did. Let, let's look at just some of the terms um, put out. Here's, here's a, a, a glossary of, of terms of equity, diversity, and inclusion terms by Pacific University, which is out of Portland, Oregon. Ableism. Ableism is the belief uh, that disabled individuals are inferior to non-disabled individuals, leading to discrimination toward the, uh, and oppression of individuals with disabilities and physical differences. So if I think that someone who can only sit in a wheelchair all day and drool on himself is not qualified to be the CEO of Microsoft, then I am the dreaded ableist. I'm definitely an ist. But let's let's break this down even just a little bit farther. I mean, ableism leads to discrimination, they said, which discrimination is the denial of justice and fair treatment by both individuals and institutions in, in many areas, including employment, education, housing, banking, and political rights. Discrimination is an action that can follow pre- prejudice thinking. So where in the country today is there not fair treatment in the areas of education, housing, banking, and political rights? I mean, how, how about college and user, university admissions? Do you think there's some discrimination there when the numbers for, let's say, Asian-type uh, admittance um, are higher and they don't get in because they're the wrong skin color? Or how about low-interest loans and grants for those with skin other than white? Would that be considered discrimination? And they said they, they talked about oppression here which they define as results, oppression results from the use of institutional power and privilege where one person or group benefits at the expense of another. Oppression is the use of power and the effects of domination. 
So where in the country today do we find the use of institutional power and privilege to oppress someone? I mean, if you want to talk about privilege, their definition of privilege is unearned access to resources or, or social power, they, they include, only readily available to some individuals as a result of their social group. So, so let's review. <laughs> can we? Because I, I don't think everyone can do anything and everything they desire means that I and others are treating them unfairly. And I'm using my unearned social power to benefit myself at their expense. So let's look at uh, accomplice. So they wanted to find accomplice or accomplices. The actions of an accomplice are meant to directly challenge institutional racism, colonization, and white supremacy by blocking or impeding racist people, policies, and structures. Wow. Let's break that one down. So accomplices talks about institutional racism. Institutional racism is defined as it is widely accepted that racism is, by definition, institutional. Did you hear what I said there? Institutions have great power to reward and penalize. They reward by providing career opportunities for some people and foreclosing them for others. They reward as well by the way social goods are distributed, by deciding who receives institutional benefits. So what do they mean by institutional? Well, they define institutional as, a, as established as a norm in an organization or culture. So it, like institutional racism is an established norm. It's something that, that you can't change. It's, it's, it's a part of, of the fabric uh, of, of our culture. So again, let's review. Cultural norms decide to reward with opportunities and social goods only some people and penalize others by deciding who gets cultural benefits. And what do they mean by colonization? Well, that's the action or process of setting among established control over the indigenous people of an area. The action of appropriating a place or domain for one's own use. So, does this include other indigenous people? Because they certainly did this. I mean, how do we determine who was the first in a land and how much of that area was theirs? Indigenous people were warring with themselves for, for as, going back as long as history is. And how about white supremacy? Well, of course, we have to define that, right? White supremacy is a historically based, when they say historically based, they mean happening for a long time. <laughs> Institutionally uh, perpetuated throughout cultural, uh, cultural norms, right? System of exploitation and oppression of continents, nations, and individuals of color by white individuals and nations of the European continent for the purpose of maintaining and defending a system of wealth, power, and privilege. <laughs> exploitation, huh? Well, exploitation is the action or the fact of treating someone unfairly 
in order to benefit from their work. So we are, as white people, we are we are treating them unfairly for the benefit of their work. And of course, oppression, which it, oppression is the use of power and, and the effects of domination. So why did us terrible whites do all this? So we could have a system that gave us wealth and power and privilege. We haven't built a, a democratic or a capitalistic system here in this country that benefits everyone. No, we haven't done that. It is designed to give wealth and power and, and privileges to only white people. How is that? Can someone explain that? And, and as an accomplice, I am supposed to fight these things by blocking or Im- impeding any white person not anti-racist or, or any policies or structures that are not an- anti-white. And if I'm not actively doing this, then I'm, I'm the enemy and, and, and I'm a racist. All right, let's move on. How about uh, acculturation? The general phenomenon of persons learning the nuances of or being initiated into a culture. It may also carry a negative connotation when referring to the attempt by dominant cultural groups to accumulate members of other cultural groups into the dominant culture as a assimilation fashion. That's a lot of big words, right? But it's it's just fine if a if a people of a certain culture learn certain things about another culture. Uh, well, with one exception, just as long as they are not white people. Why is it a terrible thing if my culture that thinks that a female that that female circumcision is bad doesn't want it done here in this country? Why why is that a terrible thing? How about actor or actions? Um, we're not to, we do not disrupt the status quo much the same as a, a spectator or a game. Both have only a nominal effect on shifting or overall outcome. So if you're not anti-racist, then you're racist. Uh, how about adultism? Ooh, we don't want to have another ism now, do we? Um, adultism is prejudiced thoughts and discriminatory actions against young people in favor of the older person or persons. Obviously, there, there's prejudice in here. What What's the definition of, of prejudice? Because we have to make sure that we are talking the same language. A, a, um, a prejudice, uh, prejudgment or a, a preconceived opinion, feeling, or belief, usually negative, often based on stereotypes. That includes feelings such as dislike or contempt and is often enacted as discrimination or other negative behavior. And how about stereotypes? Well, blanket beliefs and expectations about members of certain groups that present an oversimplified opinion, um, prejudiced attitude, or uncritical judgment. They, They go beyond necessary and useful uh, categorizations and generalizations in that they are typically negative and are based on little information and are highly generalized. So (laughs) again, let's review. 
if I have a feeling about someone born after my birthday, and they and that feeling is based on an opinion that comes from dislike for something about them, then I'm an adultist. All right. Well, the opposite of this is ageism. <laughs> so we, you know, we're, we're going to take a look at the other uh, side of the coin. Uh, it is the prejudiced thoughts and discriminatory actions based on differences in age, usually that of younger person against older. How about an advocate? What's that? Well, someone who speaks up for themselves and members of their identity group, i.e. a person who lobbies for equal pay for a specific group. Did, did you notice here that you can't be an advocate for someone from, other, from another identity group? You can never understand their plight or the depth of their victimhood. African-American, what's that mean? Well, it refers to the ethnic group of Americans who come from African descent. My question would be, how much African descent do I need to be considered African-American? And how about a gender? A gender, not identifying with any gender, the feeling of having no gender. <laughs> so, so really, they admit here that it is a feeling, not a fact. Did you hear that? So, if I feel like I'm a potato today, does that make me a potato? <laughs> well, agent also means the the predator of oppression and or discrimination usually a member of the dominant non-target identity group notice here that even if the dominant culture of an area is non-white they can't be an agent how about how about ally this this is a good one a person of one social identity group who stands in support of members of another group typically member of a dominant group standing beside members of a targeted group. I love the, I love the targeted part here, right? So a, a, a male example of this would be a male arguing for equal pay for women. And they also call this allyship, by, by the way. You, you hear that quite a bit. Uh, Anti-racist. Oh, this ought to be good. Being critically aware of the existence of racism and understanding how it is systemic. An anti-racist person actively seeks to acknowledge the impact of racism. All right, so what's racism? Well, it's prejudiced thoughts or discriminatory actions based on differences in race, ethnicity, usually by white European descent groups against persons of color. Non-whites can't be racist, in other words. Racism is racial prejudice plus power. It's not, it's not just discrimination based on, you know, the, the color of somebody's skin. It also has to include power. It is the intentional and unintentional use of power to isolate, separate, and exploit others. Could, could, could this be any more vague? I mean, really, you could fit just about anything in that sentence. And the use of power is based on a belief in superior origin, the identity of Supposed racial characteristics. Racism confers certain privileges on and offends the dominant group. You see here again, races can only be from the dominant group, which in turn sustains and perpetuates racism. You see, according to this, I can unintentionally use power 
based on the belief that I am superior because of a racial characteristic. So, so how can I use power that is that 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 intent is unintentional? Does that make any sense? How about race? Uh, how about systemic racism? They're talking about systemic racism here. We better know what that means. And what they say it means is complex interactions of culture, policy, and institutions that create and maintain racial inequity in nearly every facet of life for people of color. So it is. it basically says that everything about our culture in this country is racist. Everything. Uh, to to be anti-racist and, and and not racist, you have to apologize for being white. Um, anti-Semitism does that come in here anywhere? Because you know that that should right. I mean, the fear they say the fear or hatred of Jews, Judaism, and related symbols. Of course, this is exactly what Doctor Tabia Lee saw in. In, in her article and what she wrote, uh, assign sex. What a doctor determines, I want you to hear this, what a doctor determines to be your physical sex birth uh, based on the appearance of one's primary sex characteristics. So you see, it's it's all the doctor's fault if you feel like you're a different sex. What if, what if I was born at home or in the car on the way to the hospital? And and there was no doctor there. Then what? Well, how about assimilation? It's a process by which outsider outsiders, persons who are other, who are others by virtue of culture, heritage, gender, age, religious background, and so forth, are brought into or made to take on the existing identity of the group into which they are being assimilated. The term has had a negative connotation, they say, in recent educational literature imposing um, coercion and a failure to recognize the value of diversity. It is also understood as a survival technique for individuals or groups. So according to this, even if someone is born into this culture, they should they should not take on any of its ways or ideals. How about biases? Well, that's a prejudice, an inclination or a preference, especially one that interferes with impartial judgments, which this would include like CNN, MSNBC, maybe. How about the alphabet networks, right? I mean, everyone has a bias. No one is perfectly impartial. I mean, it, it it is knowing that what what the bias is when you're listening to or reading something that helps you determine truth bias is not necessarily bad you you have uh you can have a bias for truth for instance how about bigotry and unreasonable or irrational attachment to negative stereotypes and prejudices so would this include all of the democratic party and its propaganda media I mean, they always are on the other side of any conservative issues. It is unreasonable and and irrational. Uh, Or how about biracial? A person 
or I, I, uh, who identifies as coming from two races, a person whose biological parents are of two different races. So you don't have to be someone of two different races. You just have to identify as such. How about bisexual, a romantic sexual or and or emotional attraction toward people of all sexes. A person who identifies as bisexual is understood to have attraction to male and female identified persons, identified persons. However, it can also mean female attraction to non-binary or other identifiers. It is not restricted to only cis identifiers. So according to this definition, you can have a female who is attracted to males and males that think they are females and wouldn't that make them heterosexual <laughs> see none of this is rational uh, okay how about bipoc okay let's let, we hear that all the time so bipoc is black indigenous people of color the term commonly used to describe individuals who are not considered white so if this term bipoc black indigenous people of color is used for people other than white people and white is the existence of all color shouldn't the term be no color indigenous people of less color or uh nipipoc i don't know <laughs> anyway it just doesn't roll off the tongue i guess as well how about black any various populations that have a dark pigment of skin who identify as black, including those in the African-American dis, uh, um, diaspora with, and within Africa. And it should be capitalized, they, they add. How, how, does, how, how dark does one's skin need to be, though, to be black? I mean, could, you, you could be white and just identify as black, according to this, right? All right, let's let's end here today with with brave space. Brave space is is kind of an interesting one, and it says it honors and invites full engagement from folks who are vulnerable, while also letting the uh, expectation that there could be an oppressive movement that the facilitator and allies have a responsibility to address. So, I had not heard this term uh, before. Um, what it is referring to in a classroom discussion is, is the, the discussion of diversity, inclusion, and equity, because it, it, it takes bravery to have this discussion. So that's why they call it brave space, right? It's just simply a discussion about this stuff. And here is what they say the six pillars of this discussion are. The six pillars of brave space are number one, vulnerability which they say we can do this by asking questions about things we don't understand and by sharing parts of our story so that the complexity of who we are frames the context of our comments. So we just need to be vulnerable. How about uh, number two, which is perspective. They say taking our lens, I want you to hear this, taking our lens is influenced by our own lives, lived experiences. We must listen to the truth as other people experience it and acknowledge their experience as the truth. We don't need to take on the other person's perspective, but we must become curious about it and seek to understand what they see and why they see it that way. There, So here what they're saying is there's no absolute truth. 
just a person's experience and what they believe. And they say, why do we do this? Well, listening to understand instead of listening to respond is what we need to do. How about number three? Learn to uh, lean into fear. Not learn to fear, but lean into fear. We do this by doing the very thing that makes us nervous. Also, reframing our mindset about fear. If we let it hold us back, we miss opportunities for change. And if we let it propel us, we move in the direction of change and growth. Of course, to them, if we disagree with them, it's because of fear. How about number four, critical thinking. We do this by being open to the possibility that our thoughts might be limited. (laughs) We need to open our minds, not be closed. And we do this by taking critique as a personal attack but seeing it as a way to expand our way of thinking. There we go, open our minds again, right? And number five, examine intentions. We do this by asking ourselves a few questions. Is what I am about to share for the purpose of advancing dialogue or merely self-serving? What's the reason for my actions? What do I want to see happen as a result of my words or my actions? Again, actually, there's there's some truth in here. And number six, mindfulness. We do this by slowing down and pausing for reactions. We do this by enacting pillars number one through five. <laughs> so, Anyway, basically just not thinking about what you're going to say, but thinking about what the per- other person is saying to you. So those are the, th- those are the things here that, that encompass uh, a brave space. And and let's let's do this. Let's let's pick up here again on Wednesday and see uh, what we can find as far as what um, what the uh, what liberals think about when they when they say D I E. We need to we need to know this because we don't need to fall into the trap of basically uh, talking about things that we have two different definitions on. So let's let's do that. Let's pick up on Wednesday, and you can always of course hear us uh, by going to Uncommon Sense Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.